0: Pole Peppers, Skate, Schneihorse, Cafe Ventana, Southtown Pub, Vielon Broadway—all local spots that have operated for years, some of them decades, serving up plenty of good food and drinks. Often, the setting of a family birthday dinner, or a romantic date, a happy hour with your friends. Are gathering to watch the game. All of them closed in 2019. Why do we have to write so many restaurant obituaries? Why do we have to say goodbye so often? How can we save our favorite restaurants? Well, in some cases, it's just time for it to happen, time to close. A chef wants to redirect her passions. Maybe even a lease is just up. But sometimes we can do something. And one place in St. Louis is proof of that.
1: All of my friends here, pretty much mostly all of my friends here I've met the West End Grill.
0: On this episode of Abby Eats St. Louis, we're going to teach you how to save your favorite restaurant from people who actually did it. When West End Grill and Pub, affectionately nicknamed WeGap, closed in 2019, a band of neighbors decided it was up to them to get things cooking again why they say it was worth saving, and how to make sure your favorite spot stays open.
2: The more community involvement you have in a restaurant, the more likely you are to survive as a restaurant.
0: Plus, stick around for your food news and weekend planner. What were you doing during the recession? Selling off assets? Maybe. Most likely, at least watching your spending. Well, Will Roth and Neil Costello were opening a restaurant a block east of the Cathedral in the Central West End. We gap, the restaurant, and the adjacent Gaslight Theater proved recession-proof. At first, they drew crowds right away. Here's Will.
2: We were all about uh, culture, cuisine, and cocktails, doing plays, and having playwrights and authors and uh, literary folks in and around, um, and the the uh, demographic changing with what was going on in the theater, and then the ongoing neighborhood folks that were here almost on a daily basis uh, just to hang out and Uh, And it became a neighborhood joint pretty quickly.
0: A neighborhood joint frequented by folks like Carolyn Kaiser and her husband. She moved to town about five and a half years ago, stumbling into WeGap and everyone else inside.
1: And immediately we just started coming every single day. People introduce you to other people in here. Uh, The bartenders and owners and, and staff were friendly. Hey, you have to meet this person and this person and that person. And so it became... Uh, more like home away from home here and uh, you know and and sometimes you ate a lot you know sometimes you drank sometimes you did both it really made us feel like we were at home and and so we uh, most of the time when other things would open up we might try them um, and and everybody's wonderful and puts out a great effort in this town but but this was the spot
0: Will loved seeing the crowds, the camaraderie. So why did it close? Well, he calls it a slow burn over time. They just weren't making the money they needed anymore. He thought they had a solution that could keep the restaurant alive, keep the neighbors happy. But it turned out to be a short-lived hope.
2: Well, we were essentially out of business. So we were closing the place down. We were in the transition with some some new ownership that we thought was going to happen after the first of the year. So we were going to close down, do New Year's, say goodbye to everyone, and these young new owners were going to take over. Uh, so we kept our end of the bargain. We closed down after New Year's, um, but the new owners did not come to the table as promised. So that left us, after the first of the year, a year ago, almost now, um, just closing the place down. And so Neil and I working every day to, you know, to, t- to close out purveyors and, you um, then uh we started getting some communication from some of the neighbors and we had a play going on so people were coming out into the lobby and there was nothing going on and we're asking about because there had been some press on the new ownership and we kind of had to explain how that didn't happen and what was going to happen and so that led to uh two neighbors on a sunday wanting to talk about us to uh, almost 15 couple about a month later uh saying hey we need our we need our neighborhood joint to reopen so they got involved and um we reopened
1: and we were just in a state of shock when we heard that it was closing and uh, we didn't we did not know we didn't hear any rumblings until they made the announcement so uh, so for us uh, you know we tried to find a neighborhood spot uh, and like I said uh, other places are great and their folks are gracious and wonderful but somehow this combo of uh, being friendly and seeing your neighbors and being able to get up and just start talking to them and walking around just uh, didn't fit in a lot of the other. Parts.
0: Carolyn and her husband and their Gap crew were not satisfied saying goodbye. Were not satisfied walking past the shuttered doors of their once beloved hangout. So
1: they started thinking, what if they could do something to bring it back? We just kind of all got together and started talking about what about if we do... Uh, Type of an investment in it from a neighborhood perspective, and uh, we had probably at an initial meeting maybe 20 interested parties, and a couple different reasons folks were not able to, or you know um, they they frequent the place, which is all that we really need and want and love to see Um, but it came down to about I think 12 of us or 14 and so my husband who had been uh, would come every day a couple times a day people here would pretend he wasn't in earlier (laughs) and uh, didn't eat earlier in the day Uh, he kind of uh, came up with an idea and he started reaching out to people who were making comments and and Letting me know that they were sad to see it go, and he started. Um, uh, he's quite the businessman, so he had come up with an idea and started messaging people who was who were interested to just have a little loose type of a meeting uh, with Neil and um, and William, and uh, and so that's what we did. So that's what they did. Neighbors didn't just put the money up; they put the work
0: in giving the place a refresh, getting the menu ready, some even learning how to help with table service for the grand reopening weekend. It surprised even Will. But as great of a story as this is, I had to ask him.
2: It's sustainable, but I won't lie. The restaurant business, anybody, talk to them all, it's not easy. It's the easiest thing to do is to go out of business in the restaurant business. The old joke is if you want to make a million dollars in the restaurant business, start out with two million dollars. And it's true. I mean, it is it is uh, it takes a lot of money to keep it going.
0: Reopening the restaurant didn't just mean reopening the dining room where Carolyn and her friends would gather. It was the kitchen, too, where manager Logan Mossy got his job back. He's known to pop over to a table to check to see how people are enjoying their meals. He's actually popped in on my table one time. But now I wanted to ask him a question. What can people do to protect their go-to restaurants?
2: The more community involvement you have in a restaurant, the more likely you are to survive as a restaurant, because people then start to feel that neighborhood involvement. They start to feel the community. They start to feel that living room effect of coming into the restaurant and saying, oh, hey, there's Johnny, or hey, there's Carol, there's Eric. You know, I haven't seen you guys in a week. How have you been? How was Japan? How was China? Oh, let's get some brown swag or some onion rings and talk about it. You know, and it's an amazing thing to me. So we just kind of try and uh, I would say to encourage everybody to literally just get involved as much as possible. Let that restaurant know, whatever your favorite restaurant is, let them know that you're there, you're caring, and that you're going to try and get other people there as well.
0: And if you want a
1: place to stay, you have to go. We hear so many things about things closing down and people say, oh, I love that place so much. I'm so sad to see it gone, but I hadn't been there in years. Um, You have to go. You have to go out, uh, you know, in this time of a social media where you can sit down on your own couch by yourself and talk to a thousand people you need to go out and actually talk to people you need to reach out and you need to hug and you need to say hello and and you need to get mad at each other you know you need to do all of that ooh la la
3: Dive to a conversation from far away. I am actually on the phone right now, calling into the podcast booth with producer Dory. Dory, do I sound like I'm right next to you? Can you feel the distance? Just about. (laughs) I
4: feel just a little bit of distance. It is so lonely in here without you. I that that would be kind of weird. I mean, it's a
3: nice cozy little booth, but I mean, I think I bring a good vibe to it. Uh, Ah, yes. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm not going to say where exactly I am, but let's see if anybody can. Send us a DM on our Instagram and guess where I am. If I say the first thing I had when I came here to have a drink, it was a Sazerac. See Mm. if that can give anybody a clue where I am. We won't say any more than that. I am sure, though, to be eating good food. So we'll talk more about it on the podcast next week. But I couldn't not call in for this because why not? I love a good chat with Dory. Of course. So let's talk about some food news. What's been happening in and around the world in St. Louis so in my absence.
4: <laughs> you're not here and you're totally missing out because World's Fair Donuts reopened this morning. We're recording this on Wednesday. It's been closed pretty much since last summer. The owner of Strange Donuts came in, rescued that brand and reopened it this morning. They're pretty much keeping everything as it was. So don't worry. Those classic donuts are not changing. They are about 10 cents more expensive, but 91 cents for a donut, still a deal And they were so good. We had some in the newsroom today. And just the, um, it was like a vanilla Long John was so Mm. tasty. Yes. Oh, that sounds awesome. And
3: I love it. It's in such a cool little location right there by the Botanical Garden. And when it closed up, it really was so abrupt. There was just a sign on the door, you know that's what happens a lot of times with these family run places. And I love that this is happening in our same episode. We're talking about saving your neighborhood restaurant bar. Exactly. Grill, because yep. This came from somebody who, you know, has a successful business on their own and they decided they were going to want to still invest in the kind of places that, probably made way for a place like strange donuts to be able to be so successful. I love that. Well, go celebrate by going. I'll, I'll come back and get some more. Yes. Well, it's right (laughs) in my
4: neighborhood so I can swing by anytime and bring some to the station.
3: All right. I'm going to hold you to that.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Some bigger news in Webster groves, a big popular restaurant, Olive and Oak is moving to a bigger space. They're not going far. They're still staying in Webster. They're moving about a block away Um, This bigger space is going to allow them to have a perennial artisan ales brew pub, plus several event rooms. Hopefully those wait times will be a little bit shorter next time you try to go there. Yes. Um, And they'll also so we don't have to really worry about the space they're leaving behind because there's already going to be a restaurant concept that's going to be moving into that spot.
3: That's awesome. It's great to see that Webster Groves, especially that area, Webster Groves is still, you know, drawing a lot of foot traffic. It's a good place. It's a good neighborhood. That's the thing. It's, you know, not just the city that has neighborhoods like that. And so Olive and Oak has been so successful. The story behind that place is so just important to them. And I love to see that they are growing. Uh, Unfortunately, not all of our Food news is good news this week, as far as growth and expansion and yeah. staying open and
4: reopening. Got a closure. Seventeen sixty four Public House abruptly closed last weekend in Central West End. Um, these are the people behind the Gamlin Restaurant Group. They said they were just spread a little bit too thin with three restaurants. Um, if mm-hmm. you ended up giving out. Or getting gift cards for 1764 for the holidays, you can still use those at the other restaurants, Whiskey uh, Gamblin, Whiskey House, and Sub Zero Vodka Bar.
3: And you know, Sub Zero has been there for, gosh, I don't. I mean, it's been more than 10 years, I believe. I don't remember exactly when it opened, but, you know, Gamlin Whiskey House on that corner there that's going through so much change with Mm -hmm. the closure of Brennan's and Culpepper's and the frozen yogurt place. You know, I actually did a story last year with Derek Gamlin talking about some rumors of their staff not getting Paid on time. I remember and, that, yeah. You know, yeah, and it was, he. They, they owned up to it. I will give them credit for that. They owned up to having some struggles last year, but at that same time, I asked how 1764 was doing. He kind of, said they were not planning on closing at that moment. But I wonder to what extent that was just part of that slow burn like what we were talking about with WeGap at that point in time or if this is kind of something that they're doing strategically to prepare to kind of invest more in the Gamel and Whiskey House and Sub-Zero since they could potentially pick up some of that traffic that's not going to Culpepper's and Brennan's right, uh, right. in the late night crowd. So hopefully that they're able to still do well though because a lot of changes coming to the Central West End, it can't all be bad news. right? That could mean that again, they're re- kind of just uh, reinvesting their resources, but we'll have to see.
4: Yep, we'll see. All right, well, we're also learning some more about the um, food truck garden that's going to be going into Afton. We now know what's nine gonna... mile
3: garden that's so fun! So
4: cool. Um, it's going to be an all draft bar that will anchor that space. It'll be called huh. the Canteen. This is really cool. So, they'll have local and national beer, draft wines, cocktails, and cold brew from Blueprint Coffee all on draft. Um, and it sounds like it's going to be a really big space overlooking the garden, which is a family-focused entertainment district. And the, z- the design of this um, all-draft bar is going to be kind of cool. It'll look like an old service station with big garage doors that can open and close depending on the weather.
3: I like the fact that it's going to have something that anchoring it is a good way of putting it but something that people know they're going to get every time they do go to nine mile garden Mm -hmm. because you know in a food truck type of food truck centric location like that it could have a lot of change by design which is great but having something that you know you can get every time would be really good too and i'm okay with it not being a brewery, just focusing on some of our local brews too. I think that's kind of cool. A place yes. where you can kind of get a little bit of
4: everything. A little bit of diversity there. Yep, I love it. Dory,
3: what's the best thing you had to eat this week?
4: So I'm gonna pull the birthday girl card on this one because, as we <laughs> said last week, it was our birthday weekend, and yes. it's just too difficult to pick one thing when you're when it's your birthday. You end up eating all day right
3: oh yeah absolutely
4: and because it, my birthday was on friday yours was on monday i ate yes. so good all weekend
3: all weekend awesome. <laughs> yes
4: <laughs> so i'm gonna do a little bit of a did, furry... you, did
3: you pull the birthday girl card all weekend too saying it's uh, my birthday weekend so i can eat this <laughs> only
4: a couple times i didn't try to overdo it <laughs> <laughs> But I am going to do sort of a three-part best thing I had this week. So, oh, excellent. Yes. For my um, starter, I guess we'll say, we went to Indo, which is in the Botanical Heights neighborhood. Yes. In the shop. The, uh, have you been there before?
3: I have not gotten a chance to go there yet, but it is getting so many rave reviews from not only you know restaurant critics, but also everybody I know who's gone there said it's so
4: good. It was so very good. Yes. Trust all of them. And I think you would love it. So – My recommendation there is the shrimp toast. It was almost like a hash brown that was fried and had all kinds of these delicious sauces on it. I literally asked Jason, like, is it appropriate if I lick the plate here because it is <laughs> so good? Not appropriate. Just tell the staff that it. you're the birthday girl. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I could drop that birthday girl card. Um, yes. And so for my main entree, I would pick Pastaria. We went there Sunday night.
3: You did wind up going. I, I did. Knew you yes. To go. Went there with
4: the family. I got the pistachio ravioli. It comes in the most delicious, savory brown butter sauce that you've ever had. Another place where I wanted to lick the plate, but I didn't. Um, <laughs> and then for my dessert, I'm going to pick the Ruby cake that I had at Nathaniel Reed Bakery. It's this delightful little, like, personal cake, the most beautiful color pink you've ever seen. And it's made with raspberries and chocolate mousse. It was so delightful.
3: I love chocolate and raspberry as oh, a combination. It was
4: delicious. And so, oh pretty, my gosh, too. that
3: sounds so good. You ate a lot of good local stuff for your birthday.
4: I did it good, yeah.
3: That's awesome. Well, I'm going to. I also, since my birthday was on Monday, I took Monday off and I started the day at the shack, which Ooh. is a great concept until you realize then you don't actually have a ton of room for a lot of other food. So I <laughs> ate so much at the shack, but I got this like wild mushroom stuffed omelet and it had some crazy name and it was called It's Not a Yellow Purse. It's a something something else, but it was really long. They have really great delicious. names. They've, Hilarious names. Oh, and by the way, their um White Rush, their play on the White Russian is called The Dude Abides, and I knew what that was about now. Now you know. <laughs> yes, now I'm smarter. Uh, <laughs> but I have to say the thing that like really was just so good. I had their special this week was or that day, I guess, was red velvet pancakes. Mm. Oh my gosh. So yes, my omelet was or my yeah, my my eggs were delicious, my mane was delicious, but I wound up just smashing all of those pancakes. And it was the best thing I had to eat in a very
4: long time. And that's tough to (laughs) do. And then I couldn't
3: eat again for a while.
4: (laughs) Yeah, you eat your whole stack of pancakes and that's going to do you in for the day.
3: Yes. But I can already tell you, I don't want to, I think if I say what the other best thing I had to eat for my birthday, if I say, said that it would give away where I am right now. Mm -hmm. And I want to, I don't want to give too much away. I think I gave a pretty (laughs) good hint at the top of the show. But I am going to be back in St. Louis in time for this weekend, so luckily there's going to be some fun stuff happening this weekend. Let's yes. talk about it. Um, so, Yeah, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, so I know that uh, this weekend there's Clayton Restaurant Week and uh, you mentioned pastoria, so mm-hmm. that's if you want to hit me. up Clayton. Yeah, so that's happening all week right now, but um, it's also continuing Friday through Sunday. Uh, so you can go to 21 different restaurants, and they're doing a three-course dinner for 25 bucks or 35 bucks a person, depending on what you want to do. And I know – shout out to my cousin who works at Avenue, and she's been working pretty hard to put together everything that they're doing for Clayton Restaurant Week. And Clayton really is just like the extra – It's another downtown of the St. Louis area, and if you haven't been there for a while to eat, you're going to still be able to go to a lot of the mainstays, the places that have been there for a long time, or you can check out some of the new stuff that they have, and it's always a good place to go out to eat.
4: Very good. And then if you're looking for something a little different to do Saturday, maybe warm up because we're going to be getting cold again around here, head to yeah. the Missouri Botanical Garden. They've got tiki in the tropics. You can go... It's such a cute idea. I love this. So you can go inside the Climatron and sip on tropical drinks, take in all the beautiful plants and things they have in there. You can also learn hula dancing, listen to live music, test your limbo skills, and even Ooh. make a Tiki mask. So that is twenty five dollars for non members. It's a little bit cheaper if you are a garden member, and that ticket includes one drink. But they'll also have other um, foods there and other drinks that you can buy too.
3: Dory, do you think you're better at hula dancing or limbo?
4: Ooh, I'd go with hula because I actually grew up dancing. So I think actually, I got really, a little I didn't know bit. That yeah, uh huh. Yeah, I can That's I can cool. groove. I can move a little bit.
3: Well, I knew that. I just didn't know you were like <laughs> classically trained.
4: That's I'm awesome. classically trained. Yes.
3: See, I am great at hula hooping, and so I think that might mean I'm
4: okay at hula dancing. I don't know. Oh, I'm I'm a pro at hula hooping, so... Watch out!
3: Oh shoot! Oh shoot! We might
4: have to
3: <laughs> we might have to take this outside, Dory.
4: <laughs> outside. Well, to speaking of out, booth.
3: yes, speaking of outside, uh, this weekend is also the Loop Ice Carnival. I know everybody's been talking about the Loop lately because of the trolley that's not there. Well, you know, there's still other cool stuff to go check out, uh, especially this weekend. They have outdoor activities up and down the Loop. They have ice sculptures. They'll have frozen. Turkey bowling they have ice slides <laughs> bungee yeah frozen turkey bowling i, know. I said that <laughs> ice slides uh bungee jumping and then they're having a putt putt Pub Crawl, which I don't think I've been to the Loop Ice Carnival in passing, like you know, I went there during the Ice Carnival before, but I don't know if I'm familiar with the putt put pub crawl. Do you know anything more about that, Dory? I do
4: not know anything more about that. They didn't have any other details on that, but I am intrigued, I will say that.
3: So whoever winds up going to that, please let us know about that because I am very, very intrigued. I like I like hearing about that kind of stuff. Yeah. So <laughs> well, Love as it. always, let us know whatever you wind up getting into this weekend. And Hey, shout out to everybody who participated in our sweepstakes, our first ever sweepstakes. That was awesome. And it was really fun getting to meet the folks who wound up going. Um, Actually, just by chance, wound up meeting the guy. And he was like, Abby? I said, yeah, what's up? And he's like, I'm here because of you. So that was really cool. (laughs) It was at STL Uber that wound up winning. Um, So always make sure you follow us on Instagram because, hey, you never know when we're going to get to give something else away. And we also want to know what it is you're doing. And shout out to Schlafly and the folks at Jasper Paul. PR for helping make that happen. Abby Eat St. Louis is a Five on Your Side production. I'm Abby Larico. And I'm Tori Olmos. Shout out once again to our wonderful editor, Shelly Karam. She is awesome. She's already killing the game. We love, 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 yes. love, 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 love 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 having her on board that was beautiful Dory maybe you should take over our theme music (laughs) (laughs) right now theme music though is by Jerome Fabi, Olivier Renoir and Pierre Dubost. and be sure once again to subscribe to the podcast of course we want you to follow us on Instagram but subscribe to the podcast leave us a rating and review we love to hear what you guys think especially as we're getting really into the new year and our new format again at Abbey Eats St. Louis is our Instagram we can't wait to hear from you guys and until then seize
0: the plate.